Our top story tonight, Brock Purdy's elbow. Brock Purdy is on his way to Jacksonville, Florida to start a throwing regimen. And it looks like Brock Purdy is going to be the week one starter for the San Francisco 49ers. We also have an update on the New York Jets. Sounds as though they are going to be the stars of Hard Knocks. And we've got some very special guests to cover it all. We've got the guys over from first and 15 here on Player Profiler today. Show. We've got the original Chris, we've got Dio, and we got AB. Why don't you guys introduce yourself and I will get that graphic fixed. So it's stop. There we go. See your beautiful faces. How's it going, my friend? Oh, how's it um, going? How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having us, Jack. We appreciate it. Oh, mm, pleasure yes, is all mine. You guys do some fantastic work over on First and 15. So why don't you just let the audience know what you guys are have going on over on the show? So First and 15 is a Houston-based podcast. All of us are in Houston. We shoot together every week. Dio and AB have been knowing each other since high school, so they have this chemistry, and we wanted to make sure that we got that chemistry on film. I'm just the guy who had the podcast equipment, so I'm just along <laughs> for the ride like everybody else. But these guys have a wealth of knowledge, and it has just been a blast to shoot this podcast with them. Yeah, and it's a phenomenal podcast. It is a joy to listen to. And I think really the thing that sets you guys apart is the fact that you do it all together. It's just such a different feel. It, there's mm -hmm. nothing like being in person compared to these Zoom, these stream yards and everything. So that is just, it's such a special feel. Did you name the show first and 15? Because the Texans are always getting holding or getting uh, false starts. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that. But not, not Texans based, but something like that. <laughs> good. But good. no, you know, Dio says something, I think, at the beginning of this season. He said that. You always have to be playing to win, and you always have to be aggressive. And if you're playing and drafting for a guy's floor, you've already lost. So that first and 15 is about, hey, we need to be aggressive as if we're already behind the chains, and let's always be aggressive as we're drafting. And so these guys, man, like they have taught me a lot about fantasy football, but yeah. it's about always being aggressive. We don't like, we don't like being comfortable. Uh, we don't like, uh, you know, just sort of kind of, Flowing along with the status quo, uh, we are always looking for an edge. Uh, any little bit, any little bit of edge we can get that can set us apart from the rest of the field. Uh, and you know, the beautiful thing about this game, you know, on this most basic level, is that it's just ever changing. It's just so dynamic. Uh, you know, it's ever evolving. No, you know, no one season is like the other, and it's just so unpredictable. So just knowing that, like off the bat, you know. We're very big on not taking last year and trying to project it onto this year. So we approach every year, every quarter, every season, every week uh, as if, you know, we just really need to get to the grind and hashtag uh, stay ready. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag stay ready i love that <laughs> hashtag by the way i think that is just i think i think you've nailed it i think you've locked it down i don't think there's a better hashtag out there and i love what you said about it changing so much that's what makes it even more impressive the fact that you've not won not one but two ffpc championships 
Yeah, it should have been a third. Dio, you know, came in, just just, just missed the mark last year. Uh, just missed the mark in the Players' Championship. Uh, he should have brought home that million, but, you know, he's back at it. You know, I'm back, back on the saddle. I'm back on the saddle. Yes, sir. <laughs> back on the saddle for 2020. Maybe we can, well, yeah. I guess we can't have two champions in, in the same tournament, but maybe <laughs> yeah. one this year, one next year, and we keep it rolling with first and 15. So what are some of the biggest things you've learned from the FFPC tournament, both in the wins and the near wins? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, you know, really, I think it kind of comes down to understanding that, like, we have no clue who's going to go off those last three weeks. So, you know, and I think like I really kind of honed in on that aspect of large field tournament, which is very different than your best ball to some degree anyway, but very, very different than your home leagues. And we want to try to encompass everything on first and t- first and 15. So we try to talk about, you know, all different types of league formats, setups, scoring systems. But for these large field tournaments, whether it's FFPC or what have you, you know, for you or for anyone to guess which wide receiver we're drafting in the first round is just going to have that magical three-week run, it's just so difficult. So that's where the idea of diversifying, but I think diversifying in a very focused way is very important. So basically what I've learned is, like, I can't predict who, you know, which running back is going to score five touchdowns like Kamara or, you know, which wide receiver is going to go off and have 50 points. So I need to try and predict who is more likely or what group of receivers are more likely, what group of running backs are more likely. And that's how I'm really approaching my draft. And that's really kind of been at the forefront of my mind this year. I mean, just even if you just kind of take it, you know, we had this discussion about uh, let's look at the wide receivers, you know, the top five wide receivers. Rank doesn't matter. Names don't matter. Literally any of those guys could have a dud one week. Any of those guys could just have a subpar two to three weeks span and any of those guys can have a 20, 30 and 40 point week. And no one, absolutely no one can guess that. So it doesn't matter if you take chase ahead of Jefferson or you take cup ahead of any of those guys, or you take Tyreek Hill ahead of it. It honestly, it really does not matter. It just matters that you have the right guys. So these large field tournaments for me, for someone who's a volume drafter, I want to make sure that I have a good amount of those guys. Again, I'm not trying to grab everyone, there's some guys I'm excluded from the list, but I, I want to have a good amount of those guys and a good amount of variation so that I have, you know, bullets at the end of the year. And I have that one guy that hits or those two or three guys that hit that really make the difference over that three week span. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like what um, so big thing for us, especially for me, is I'm always looking for those little edges. You know, these um these large field tournaments, these high stake tournaments, you have the greatest fantasy football players in the world. Right. Um, everybody knows, everybody's on top of the news. Everybody knows who the best players are. You're not really going to be able to sneak up on anybody, right? Um, so when you can find just the smallest edge, I mean, somebody broke up with their girlfriend the night before a game. You know, I'm going to look at that <laughs> and probably dock them a few points. Just just that little bit of information. Um, just, you know, because you never know. You know, that could be crucial. Um, that's one thing I learned. And then the second thing I learned was, you know, just stay on the grind. Um I do believe a lot of times people get into these these leagues and they might not start off the best. So eventually they kind of just give up on their team or just don't pay as much attention. Um, and you'll, you'll really find if you just kind of keep grinding at it, a team that you didn't think at first was going to be one of your better teams by the end of the season might be at the top. I mean, I had a, uh, several teams in the tournament last year 
the team that finished fifth was not even a team I even had high hopes on, to be honest with you. Um, it's just the fact that I just kept grinding at the waivers, um, roster construction, even teams that I knew were were basically eliminated. I would still just kind of make sure my roster is right, make sure I'm waiver picking up, because you never know. So, you know, that's a big thing for us. I, again, we just always try to just stay ready. Hashtag stay ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is that perfect, perfect fit for just everything that you guys do. We're going to get more into that. But first, we have a word from the Podfather coming in here real quick on the draft kit, which is just phenomenal. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. Love the draft kit. Absolutely love the draft kit. I don't know what's going I don't know what's going on here with uh with StreamYard. I'm still hearing it in my headphones, but anyways. Okay, it's finally gone. I don't, StreamYard has been giving me fits lately. It is so confusing. But anyways, back to you guys, back to staying red. I don't know if you heard it, but earlier today, we heard that Brock Purdy is throwing in Jacksonville with a QB coach. How have you guys been playing the 49ers QB situation this offseason, if you've been playing it at all? And this is the 49ers in general. Yeah, honestly, I find this situation very interesting. You know, I think, you know, one thing I always kind of look for in drafts is, you know, what doesn't make sense? You know, you, you look at a draft board, you look at the ADP and what doesn't make sense. And if we just use the ADP for FFPC right now, currently, you know, we have Debo who's going in the fourth round. We have Brandon Ayuk who's going in the sixth, seventh round. We have George Kittle, obviously tight end premium, who's typically going in the fourth round. And their quarterbacks just aren't even being drafted. <laughs> And you have C-Mac, who's a receiving running back who goes in the first round. So you have all of these receiving options, and no one is even taking a stab. I 100% get the uncertainty of the situation. I think most, you know, betting minds are obviously leaning Brock Purdy. People think, you know, maybe Lance has a chance. 
And then obviously we got Darnold in the mix, who could be a potential dark horse if Purdy's not healthy. But literally no one is really taking a stab. So I think you know, right now it's obviously best ball. But to me, it doesn't make sense. Either we are overvaluing their receiving options, or at the very least, somebody needs to be drafting one of these quarterbacks in the 20th round. There's no way that you can have four guys who were receiving threats going in the first, sixth, to seventh round, and nobody's touching their quarterback. Does it make sense to me? I mean, it's one of those situations, though. I mean, honestly, it's one of those situations where does the quarterback even matter, right? Like, the way that offense goes, you just put somebody with the with the post behind center, and <laughs> as long as you got Shanahan back there calling the plays, all of them are viable to score fantasy points. So, I mean, it's not out the realm to understand people just skipping on the quarterback. I, I think the biggest concern, honestly, is people just don't know which quarterback to take, right? Mm-hmm. I still see people kind of banging the drum on Trey Lance a little bit. You know, like, they think he might have a chance to start. We've seen some things where it's coming out of San Francisco. Darnold is impressing the coach, you know. Um, and then, of course, Purdy with his injury concerns. You know, we hope he's ready week one. We think he's going to be ready, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know which one, just kind of skip it all in general. P- me personally, I'm taking a stab on them on best balls for sure. Redress, I don't know. See, but, see, but here's the thing. If Purdy is not ready week one, do you think Trey Lance is is the number two quarterback on that roster? Because I don't think he's number two. I think it's Darnold. I think, I think it's, it's Darnold. Darnold too. So I mean, best ball yeah. drafting Trey Lance. I don't know. I think you know honestly. I think you know uh, with Brock Purdy being uh, already kind of starting to throw, working with the QB coach currently. You know, I'm really going to lean on the medical experts. You know, the you know the physical therapists. You know, out, you know we have a. A number of physical therapists, analysts, uh, as well as orthopedic surgeons out. So we're going. I'm gonna lean on them. And I really have not heard anything to date that really suggests that there's a significant com- concern for him not being ready. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really removing the injury concern from this. And essentially, it's coming down to if all are healthy, who who is San Francisco likely going to go with? And again, I think most you know the you know most are betting that it's Purdy. We ultimately don't know, but I just still find it odd that if we knew for sure that it was Brock Purdy that was going to be at the helm starting uh, week one and playing 16 to 17 games, where would he be getting drafted? Because, again, it still does not make sense to have those many receiving options going that early in drafts. Somebody's going to hit. Multiple people. But let me ask you this. If we knew all the quarterbacks were available, Purdy, Darnold, and Lance. Yeah. Who has the highest fantasy ceiling? It if, has if to they, be Trey Lance. Easily. Right, right. Easily, because he has he has the legs. Right, and I think that's why people are are hoping, because in my in my view, it's like hope. They're hoping Lance gets that job because he actually has the highest fantasy yeah. season. That's the game we're playing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, people want to chase the fantasy upside, but Kyle Shanahan has made it very, very clear that he could not give less of a damn about our fantasy football team. <laughs> Pretty <No>. much. <laughs> Pretty <No>. much. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be Brock Purdy if he's healthy. It's going to be – well, I don't I know it's going to be interesting to follow the news, but it's at least something that we've got going on right now because there is not a lot of new stuff coming in. The other new piece of information today, the Jets are expected to be the stars of Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers 
doesn't want the cameras in his face. He's made that very clear. Doesn't matter. He's going to have a lot of, even with the New York media cycle, he was already going to have a lot of cameras in his face. It's going to be even more now. What do you guys think about the Jets on Hard Knocks and the Jets in general for fantasy? Is Garrett Wilson being overdrafted or is he the next Devontae Adams? Uh, I personally think Hard Knocks is going to suck. <laughs> <It's gonna laughs> it's gonna so oh. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'm looking at this team. This looks like this looks like just a team that like a lunch pail type team. Like guys are coming in with one reason. You know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers last year and the idea of like him like really not being there in the offseason. And for me, that was just like a full on fade because he had a new receiving court, basically a wide receiver that he had like never really worked with. Uh, the other guys were just like old as dust. And he was just sort of kind of playing this, you know, game where like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there. And then just like really taking his time, knowing that he had some unproven rookies uh, and really did not build that rapport. His mentality was very different last year. Uh, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but his mentality was very different this year. Fast forward to this year, you could see the difference. He was there day one of OTAs. You know, he was, he's at, he's at, he's at the, uh, at um, Taylor Swift the Knicks games. He's, you know, he's, he's, you know, trying to build camaraderie with his teammates. Yeah. Like it is a very different mindset. So I think he's going in with the intention that I have something to prove. I have something to prove and we are about winning. And, all their stars are very much the same. If you've ever heard a Garrett Wilson uh, interview, it's very much this, you know, I'm here to work and I'm here to grind and I'm just trying to improve. You know, Sauce Gardner, same same type of deal. It's one of those teams that you just like, you wish they were your team, like the way they are currently set up and configured. And it also starts at the top with uh, Salah. We'll see if they're able to put things together, but I think the hard knocks, you know, antics and dramas, I, I, I doubt we see any of that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I think it's gonna be entertaining, man. I think it's gonna be because I mean, look. First of all, talking about Aaron Rodgers, he's been in this cocoon in Green Bay. You know, he's kind of just been in the wilderness of Wisconsin. Now he's going to the the bright lights of New York, right? He's been kind of begging to get out of Green Bay for the last two or so years. And he finally got his wish. He's in New York. He's getting the limelight. Like he's going, like you said, he's going to Taylor Swift concerts. He's going to Nick games. He, he's on the scene, right? Oh. He's talking about his drug intake, psychedelics and all that stuff, going in a dark Are you awesome? like, you know, He's talking about that stuff. Oh, and then not just Aaron Rodgers, but Sauce Gardner, self-proclaimed best cornerback in the league. Um, the great, he calls himself Sauce. I mean, I mean, that's just entertainment to me. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Not, not to mention the coach who, you know, I don't want to say he's braggadocious, but he's very vocal. He's a very confident coach. Um, he, he, he always feels like the team has a chance. Uh, and then on top of all of that, when we kind of veer to the fantasy side of things, I want to see how they portray Brees Hall. Like, I want to see, is he actually getting out there and running, like, on teamwork, or is it just sideline rehab the whole time, you know? Because that, that will – I think that will affect his ADP one or two ways, right? If we actually see him get one carry and go through a hole and run down the field, just that one clip, it'll shoot up his ADP. If we see him just yeah, in the bathtub yeah. the whole season, it's going to depress the ADP just all general, yeah, right? Cause, yeah, because I think right now he's going in that mid-third. There's like mid -third, this gray right. zone. You know, there's that gray right. zone uh, where – and that's where you see – that's why you see those three quarterbacks go in the third round because, like, it's kind of a tier drop-off, I think, amongst the consensus – and he kind of goes in that area. So 
you know, I'll give you that one. Uh, as far as you know, if he kind of shines, that's a player I can see even coming off of ACL because everyone talks right. about how it's he, he's kind of being picked in that uncertainty could, road. I mean, yeah, uh, I can easily range, him, you know? Yeah, I could easily see him jumping up to the back, you know, the back end of the first, early second, uh, with, with with relative ease if he's healthy. And, and with Listen, that same let's time, get back. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Let's. Let's get back to the entertainment side of it. Let's be honest. <laughs> HBO has been chasing the 2001 Ravens season ever since Tony Saragusa and Shannon Sharp has been on that show. They cannot duplicate this. I don't see any personality on that roster that can duplicate Shannon Sharp and the Goose. I mean, I want my restitution. My, my restitution. <laughs> Come on, man. They don't have any personality like that. Let's be honest. I agree. So I don't I know. Agree. I don't know. I don't know if I'll have the same expectations of yeah. Hard Knocks as in the past. But the Brees angle should like be fun. I, I may watch. I may tune in just for that. He, not just Brees, but Gary Wilson too, right? Like right now, Gary Wilson is the the high. Isn't he the only wide receiver really being drafted right now? Is Lazard or anybody yeah. else being drafted? Lazard's being drafted. Lazard is being drafted. Yeah, yeah. Lazard like tenth round though. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 If, if we Very see lucky. a clip where they're on, you know, team drills and. Aaron Rodgers throws three passes to Lazar, like bam, bam, bam. It's going to increase yeah. his ADP, right? Or <laughs> who's the other guy that Corey Davis? If Corey, yeah, Corey Davis, Davis happens to be running with the first team, all those things are going to affect the ADP of that team vastly, you know? So, And I'm an Aaron yeah. Rodgers guy, too. I think he still has a little bit in the tank, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be better than the Raiders season. I think we can all agree on that. Oh that was god, yeah. A oh yeah. Terrible season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, it, it'll never be Ravens good. I don't know if it'll be Lions good, but it'll be somewhere in there. And like you said, Brees Hall. That's gonna be probably the most important storyline because if Brees Hall is healthy day one, ooh, he, a big Brees Hall fan, big big Brees Hall fan. Hey Jack, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Who who is the Jets tight end to own? Conquer. Oh, that is a problem. That is a problem. Chris, and... let him. No, <laughs> so Tyler Conklin, he's the guy from last year that did the most. CJ Uzama, he's always been kind of an extra offensive tackle, so I don't think it's him. But the sleeper, Jeremy Ruckert, I don't know if you've heard. He, oh, <laughs> I got it right. Yes, <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, so Jeremy Ruckert, that's yeah. the other guy that could just jump from hard yeah. knocks if he's working with the first team there you go i'll add the uh one little you know additional nugget i mean you know nathaniel hackett he loves himself some tight ends okay yeah mm -hmm. he loves himself some tight ends uh he threw greg dosage in the slot quite often last year so you know we'll see if uh you know there's definitely some uh room uh for to earn targets outside of gary wilson i don't know who else is, is really kind of commanding the ball like that yeah, and if Jeremy Ruckert can pass Tyler Conklin, it doesn't matter. CJ Uzama, he's playing that Mercedes Lewis role yeah, in Green yeah. Bay, where mm -hmm. he's just a blocker. I think we're on to something here with Marce or with uh, Jeremy Ruckert. I'll, I'll keep it a secret. We won't tell too many people. Any, <laughs> any other players that we need to stay ready and watch for a massive ADP jump? You mean with the Jets? Just in general, Jets or just in general, players that we are watching this offseason. Bijan Robinson can't get any higher, but the hype continues. We've got all these rookies that are getting just little clip, one Twitter clip, and the ADP just jumps. 
Yeah, I think that's a go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think the 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 biggest um, potential suspects for that would be these running backs that still haven't found teams, right? Like your Dalvin Cook, your your Fournette, your Hunt, um, those guys right there. I think immediately once they sign with the team, they're all their ADPs. They're gonna jump up. Zeke, I guess, um, if you if you're into that. So. I mean, I don't know. I, I think once – even D-Hop, once he finds his team, I think it's going to affect his ADB quite a bit. I, I think people get in these drafts, and when, when a player has this uncertainty about them, they kind of put them in this limbo stage where you don't want to take a, a hard stance on them, but at the same time, you don't want to lose value on him. Um, so I think those are the ones that really are going to have the biggest ADP changes. I agree. I think it always kind of – you know, it's pretty much almost always the running backs uh, – so you'd mentioned kind of some of the veterans, you know, you got to throw Dalvin Cook into that mix. We've seen his ADP drop. We've seen Madison's ADP rise. Uh, I've been getting Dalvin Cook in the seventh round, uh, just, you know, taking a bet that he ends up in a good location. Uh, and uh, Ooh, what if he goes to the Jets? Ooh, say what? what if he goes to the Jets? Hard not. Well, <laughs> well, that tells you something about Brees Hall. So, uh, but I also think, you know, just like in that same right, uh, I think, the teams that these vets don't go to, you know, say they kind of most, you know, the, the ones that we get worried about, the teams that they don't go to, we see that we may see their ADPs rise. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right now, you know, I think the Miami backfield is one where mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is not on that roster yet. They have not signed Dalvin Cook. And their earliest running back is going in double-digit rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, first and 15, we on the A-chain train. So mm-hmm. uh, we love him. But. I mean, how easy is it to just get a chain and a Jeff Wilson, a chain and a Mostert, just to have a running back in that backfield? You know, it's so hard not to go zero RB this year. It's like it's it's like so hard because there's so many backfields like this. Same thing with the uh, Chicago backfield. We're not really even worried about Dalvin Cook going there or them signing a veteran running back, but because of kind of the uncertainty, you know, Khalil Herbert is typically going in the ninth, tenth round. I think he's usually the first one off the board. Uh, but we don't know if it's Roshan. I know uh, Dale's kind of mentioned, you know, you, you still got to uh, keep an eye out for Foreman. Uh, mm-hmm. But I love I love grabbing me some Roshan uh, in double-digit rounds as well. You know, these rookies that are going late, but people are just kind of questioning, and there's so many more questionable situations. We've read over and over in articles, and we've seen over the past few years, these are the backfields to target, and I feel like the field has yet to catch up to that. So I'm going to just keep – you know, that's a good up. point. That's a good point you made about Miami. I think all the Miami running backs ADPs, I think they're the 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 chance of Dalvin signing with the Dolphins is baked into all their ADPs, right? Yep. So once Dalvin signs with somebody else, I think all their ADPs are gonna arrive because there's nothing, there's no threat at that point. So yeah, that's a good point you just made there. Keep an eye out for these rising ADPs when people inevitably don't get the competition that we expect. Any final thoughts, any pluggables to plug? Where can the people find you guys over at first and 15? So we are definitely on the player profiler network. So definitely follow, subscribe to player profiler. We still have our channel where we do overtime, where we, you know, add extra clips, things like that for our A1 day one. Subscribers, so you can definitely find us on uh, YouTube at First and Fifteen or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, Player Profiler, um, eight o'clock Central. 
right? On Thursday nights, <laughs> 8 o'clock Central. You know, I'm trying to get these times right, on, right? right? Yeah, 8 o'clock Central, right, right. Uh, 9 o'clock Eastern at the moment. And, and we're all on Twitter as well. Um, the original Chris up there um, was you, Skywalker, right here. And then uh, a underscore underscore Deo is my Twitter handle. So you can kind of reach us there. Why did you put two underscores on your Twitter handle? Because I'm a rebel. I'm going against the machine. <laughs> can't tell me what to do. I was oh, going to put man. three. <laughs> oh, man. Also, don't forget about uh, the Saints backfield as well. Like the Saints backfield, like it's kind of all over the place with Jamal Williams, obviously Alvin Kamara, and then, you know, Kendra. So. I think people sleeping on Kamara a little bit. We talked about that last episode, I think. But I think people mm -hmm. sleeping a little bit. If he only misses six games, he's a steal at ADP. If he misses one, two, three games, ooh, it is absolutely ridiculous for Alvin Kamara. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to such brilliant minds in the industry. Make sure you're checking out first and 15. And until tomorrow, we will see you next time. Oh, and it's still to until tomorrow. Stay ready. Yes, yes sir. sir. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.